and then Stig, man. Stig's just such a special dude. Uh, you know, he's a guy, you, you know what he's saying is the truth um, from the moment you meet him. He's just so genuine, and it, it, it was just easy to trust those guys. This is the Former Player Feature, brought to you by Jackrabbit Illustrated. Division one college football was was the dream I, I always had as, as a kid. It was never, you know, playing the NFL or anything like that. It was play play Division one college football and South Coast State gave me the opportunity to do that close to home with a bunch of buddies that I, that I already played with, you know. So it just it felt like home at the end of the day. You know, like like Stig said, you just got to continue to raise the bar. And I think you, you know, looking back on our time there, um, our class did that. Yeah, and, and there's I don't think there's any secret what you got to do in those games. You got to bring your best. Today's guest, quarterback legend Austin Sumner. From 2010 to 2014, Austin completed over 700 passes for nearly 9,500 yards and 65 touchdowns. Now here's your host, former Jackrabbit Kyle Sheehan. How's it going and welcome to the Splitting Hairs podcast. This is Kyle Sheehan and I'm joined today by Austin Sumner, uh, former Jackrabbit great. Austin, how's it going? Good, brother. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, man. So I just wanted to kind of bring you on the podcast uh, given that the second signing day period just occurred and talk a little bit about, you know, your experience as a Jackrabbit and, uh, you know, being from South Dakota, share a little bit of insight into into what that means um, by and large for you and other folks coming from the region uh, as far as, you know, what drew you into South Dakota State and, uh, you know, how you just got involved in playing football. Yeah, well, uh, for those that don't know, I guess uh, I grew up in Brandon, South Dakota, right outside of Sioux Falls. My parents both went to Augustana. Um, so originally growing up, I was, I was more of an Augie fan than, than anybody else. And uh, really, uh, you know, remember when I picked up the footballs, you know, it's just something that's been in my hands for pretty much my whole life. And then, uh, you know, my, my parents always took me to sporting events, Augie games, USF games. Kind of while those were being played, you know, my dad and I would be off to the side throwing football around and whatnot. It's always been uh, a big part of my life. So it, when, it, when, it, when I got into high school and, you know, started being recruited, that's kind of like the beginning of my jackrabbit journey, I'd say. You know, some of my um, teammates I had in high school had enrolled, uh, you know, Castle, Chase Douglas, uh, to name a couple. So Will, Will was kind of the first uh, recruiting coordinator I, I met with, I think. Um, yeah. First recruiting coordinator, and then he became a best man. So it was, I don't know. Kind of, yeah. that's, a, that's awesome how that played out. You know? <laughs> and that's kind of cool, you know, uh, being from Brandon, you know, a suburb of Sioux Falls, and being able to kind of follow some of your teammates who kind of already you know, jumped in head first and been able to share a little bit about their experience. But given all the options, man, like especially having, you know, your father having played at Augie and, uh, you know, all the other Sioux Falls programs that are down there, like um, USF, that has had, you know, a history of selling, you know, albeit at much smaller classifications, but still winning some titles and having some prestige. You know, did it ever cross your mind to maybe follow in your dad's footsteps or, or go the USF route? No, honestly, it, it pretty much... You know, the first offer I got was from South Dakota State, and then th- shortly thereafter, it was it was uh, Augustana, um, and those were honestly the only two offers I had coming out of high school. You know, my junior season of 
high school football. Uh, following that season, I guess uh, I had a shoulder surgery. So, you know, that winter is kind of when you do all your visits and and all that. So, I, I mean, I remember showing up to Iowa with my, my throwing arm in a sling, and that that didn't go <laughs> very well. Yeah. The first time I threw the receiver after my first surgery was at the Wisconsin camp. And I was surprised it did all right. Uh, but, <laughs> you know, so I think, uh, you know, there, there were some small schools that popped into to, to the high school. Uh, UND was, I think they were actually D2 at that, that time or making the transition. I can't remember. Um, and then uh, Minnesota State Mankato dropped in to class one day. But other than that, you know, South Dakota State was uh, – and Augustana were my only options, and you know I got the the offer early from Coach Stig, and it, while I was in a sling, so that, that gave me a lot of confidence that those guys believed in me uh, as a player. And then uh, Brad Salem was with uh, Augustana at that time, and he, you know he was an excellent recruiter, an excellent dude. Um, loved loved hanging out and, and getting to talk with him. But you know, at the end of the day, uh, Division One college football was was the dream I, I always had as, as a kid. It, it was never you know playing the NFL or anything like that. It was play played Division One college football in South Dakota State, gave me the opportunity to do that close to home with a bunch of buddies um, that, I, that I already played with, you know. So it just – it felt like home at the end of the day. And Coach Meadows was the recruiting coordinator, the official recruiting coordinator. Um, right. And, uh, you know, he's a guy that I got along with great and, and uh, just made me feel, feel like family. That's awesome, man. Yeah, you know, you mentioned, you know, running the camp circuit and showing up in, in a sling and stuff. That's kind of a tough one to hide. <laughs> So I imagine, you know, a lot of times too, you know, they'll write you off, you know, if you haven't already proven yourself or there's not already momentum behind your name. So that's, you know, that only makes the whole process much more difficult. But yeah, speak to a little bit about like some of your visits and kind of, obviously, you know, you had your teammates there. So that familiarity was great. But uh, talk a little bit about the coaching staff, Coach Meadows and some of the other coaches. What did they do to make it uh appealing to you um was it something they said how they carried themselves I, I i know i know coach meadows personally very well so it's you know i can see what the appeal is but speak a little bit to that uh as far as your perspective. yeah uh well yeah he started calling me um during my junior season uh junior high school season and he called me on wednesday night and it was like clockwork you know i always expect a call from coach meadows and you know we always had something to talk about it and you know there was actually some family ties there, down down the family chain a little bit. Uh, you know, uh, my dad was from Watertown. He knew some Watertown relatives that knew our relatives. So there was always a, a connection there. But I think just the consistency from him. You know, uh, always being present, showing up to basketball games. You know, seeing him on campus when I was you know there with Will or or Chase and those guys. Really, just the consistency and and uh, he showed and. And interest in me was kind of uh, one of the main main things that drew me to South Dakota State. And then once I got on campus, they were going through a, a coordinator change for on the offensive side. And, uh, so I sat down with uh, from, uh, Coach Moore, Coach Shannon Moore, the tight ends coach at the time, um, was kind of playing interim quarterbacks coach. So on my f- official visit, got to sit with him. And as you know, he's one of the best humans on the planet. Oh yeah, um, took me through some Dino and Z Drive knife and all, a couple of different plays on the film, and I was just like absolutely fell in love with that process um, from him, uh, the way he broke it down. Um, and then Stig, man, Stig's just such a special dude. Uh, you know, he's a guy you you know what he's saying is the truth. 
um, from the moment you meet him. He's just so genuine. And it, it, it was just easy to trust those guys, I think, at the end of the day. And, you know, we, we actually left my official visit. We were driving out of Brookings. And I said, Mom, or I said, Dad, turn the car around. I think I'm going to be a jackrabbit. We went back and just because I was leaving there and it felt like I was leaving home. And it, it was yeah. those, those people that made it feel very special. Wow. That's remarkable, man. That's a great, great little uh, feature there uh, to your story. Yeah, man. I think, you know, a lot of times it's, it's kind of been a topic of discussion on the podcast just when we're kind of getting into some of the whys of, of you know, why people out of state may go to South Dakota State like myself and some of the yeah. other cats that you see on the roster nowadays. And, you know, I think it, it's it's getting brought up quite a bit, but, you know, South Dakota State doesn't have the full market share on, you know, just being good people as a coaching staff, but but they're surely, uh, you know, one of the few, I would say, probably out there where it's there's no question you, you just get that feel that they care about the person behind the face mask just as much as they care about your ability, if not more. So that's really that, that really kind of is a very disarming feeling. So I, I, I think it's awesome that you bring that up. And, and we hear that as a recurring theme from a lot of the people that we talk to, um, not only uh, from the South Dakota boys themselves. So that's cool to hear, man. And Austin, the next thing I kind of want to talk about is when you got to South Dakota State. So for anybody who um, is, is going to listen to this or will listen to this and say, you know, do I want to be a Division One college football player? What was it like when you first stepped foot on campus? And then how did your mindset and perspective have to shift being from, you know, the Sioux Falls kid uh, who got recruited to now just an athlete on the squad? Yeah, I, I mean, not even an athlete on the squad. I think you're just you're just kind of uh, you're a bottom feeder unless you you pick up the scraps. <laughs> you know, you go go from yeah. being like the, the big man in school to you know, all right, let's see what you got, kid. Um, and, and you got to prove yourself day in and day out. And that was I remember being extremely nervous right away and uh, just thinking, man, do I actually have what it takes? You know, because looking around the room, seeing guys like yourself. Uh, the other, other upperclassmen that, you know, just big dudes, run fast, lift a bunch of weight, making all these reads, you know, in, in seven on seven and stuff like that. You're just like, oh, my goodness. It's a little overwhelming at first, you know. But, uh, you know, you, you just got to accept the challenge. And that's I think that's uh, that's something a lot of kids don't do. They they feel like, you know, I, I'm this player, all state in high school or whatever. Um I, I can make this happen. I can kind of wing it or, or flip the switch. And that's definitely not the case when, when you, when you put on the, uh, the college pads, um, you got you, def- you definitely got to buy into, you know, the system uh, that, that the coaches have put together. Um, and I remember being, being uh, just, just real nervous around all, all those guys and, and just remembering like, I, I just got to prove that I, I belong here. And uh, I tried to do that best of my ability. Yeah, man, that's awesome. And, you know, every every kid, no matter how prominent of, of a player they are or they're going to become, goes through that to some degree where they died and kind of the, the awe really hits them uh, once they step foot on campus or maybe it's whatever the case may be. But I think it's really important to start to develop that support system, whether it's your own teammates, the guys in your own position group room, maybe it's uh, the mentorship of an upperclassman who's been through it and they see what you're going through. But talk a little bit about Austin, like what was your support network at home or your friends or who did you lean on to kind of help help you get through some of the growing pains? I'd say just just 
the my class in general you know we were all kind of going through it together so you know you, you guys were all we're all in the dorms together uh, most of us either Benoise or young back then i don't know what it is now but uh you know so you get on getting your butt kicked all day and in, in the weight weight room and in uh, the meeting room then at practice kind of just get beat down then you, you come together as a freshman crew and be like wow that uh that kind of sucked but let's let's get up and do it again in the morning and see if we can get any better i'd say those those were the people i leaned on the most um because yeah I mean, you go from being surrounded by a you know a group of class or a whole high school your parents every night you got somebody to talk to there but to a to a group of you know 20 30 guys that uh are going through the same stuff you're going through that that's uh that's where you build those long-lasting relationships in the times like those. Oh, absolutely. I mean, those are the things that you rem- remember um, most. You know, it's not – and that's always the most interesting thing to me. You know, you, you and I both, when we're in it, we're hearing guys say that, and you're like, all right, yeah, sure. No, I'm going to remember Nebraska as opposed to, you know, just the, the joke that someone told on the bus that you remember with your boys riding through the cornfields. You know yeah. what I mean? Um or, you know, the late nights after study table and Benoise are young. And, and those are the things that, that really bond you. And those are, the, those are the things that turn in to your unofficial recruiting coordinator, turn in your best man. So that's, that's awesome, man. Yeah, I can't, can't emphasize that enough. And then the next thing, man, I want to talk about, you know, so you go through your redshirt year. Everybody goes through that. They develop their skill sets. They become more familiar with, you know, the – the foundational elements of either the offense or the defense or the special teams. And then, you know, then no matter uh, when you're expecting it or not, sometimes your number is called. So was it Illinois or was it Cal Poly, the first uh, collegiate reps that you actually took? Uh, I want to say it was scrub time at Illinois. Um, mm-hmm. I what was that like? Some memories now that, that you mentioned it. Um, I remember shaking like a leaf, calling the first play in the huddle. Um, and I think I, I think it was a handoff to center to the right. I remember seeing uh, Trevor Gregor, uh, Chief Chief's face after that play because he was also in it at right tackle, and you could tell he didn't know what the heck just happened. <laughs> it was extremely <laughs> nerve wracking, man. I've never been so nervous in my life. Uh, but uh, I remember settling in. And uh, we actually put together kind of a little drive there, and, and uh, that's right. We got a field a lot of it, but yeah, I don't, I don't think I can't remember if I played at Cal Poly the following week. I don't think it you did. You did play at Cal Poly, and I'll tell you why. I remember you playing at Cal Poly, man, and like you know, I couldn't have foreseen the career that you were going to put together. That will definitely highlight here, but but one of the plays I distinctly remember was uh, it was kind of a scramble rules. Uh, situation where you're flushed out but you escaped out of the pocket with your back to the defense (laughs) and for me um that feel for the game and the feel for the pocket I mean I didn't know what we were going to get from you at that stage with me being a senior but I felt all right you know I felt pretty good like you were going to be able to put something together um as far as your feel for the game so that that was kind of cool to see and then even that Cal Poly game was actually a little bit of Zenner's uh, early early glimpses into what he was going to be able to do. Um, I know he caught a, a screen pass touchdown out of the backfield against a really good Cal Poly team. Yeah, I remember that one. 
you know, he, he was able to put some really nice things together uh, in his freshman campaign. And maybe he ran for a few yards here and there. I can't really remember, but uh, yeah, just a few. but, uh, but yeah, man. And then, so your first start is at Illinois state. So walk, walk the listeners through the process of now you're getting garbage time and then there's some situations that occurred and then you're the guy now. So you're going through a whole week of practice where did you know you were it or, or I can't even recall if, if we knew at yeah, that point. I, think, who was uh, gonna take- I found out that that Monday or Sunday, I can't, cause that was a long trip back. I remember tried to land a few falls and there's couldn't yep. see the runway. So they took us to Minneapolis, we spent the night in Minneapolis Ended up getting back to Brookings at like 5 p.m. on Sunday. Yeah, we're gonna do that. That's a that's for the blooper show. <laughs> we'll, we'll do a whole episode. Oh on my that goodness! One. <laughs> and I think we had meetings as soon as we got back, and uh, or or maybe maybe it was the next. I don't remember, but I, I remember that that uh, that week was pretty crazy. I, I I found out early on that I was gonna be starting that 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 Saturday. I mean, my phone was blowing up. I obviously. Brandon's not far from South Dakota State, so a lot of my old high school classmates were on campus, and they were blowing me up and walking to class. And I remember it just being kind of crazy um, and trying to soak up as much as I could in one week of practice um, because, you know, going into the season, I had two two upperclassmen in front of me, you know, so going through spring balls, trying to make most of my reps, but I was, I was pretty realistic about what was going on. You know, Thomas had had a good career up to that point. And, um, yeah, I just, I, I remember actually getting, uh, getting to Illinois state, doing the team dinner, uh, the day of, and, and coach Meadows pulled me aside and handed me the phone. He's like, I got a guy that's got to say a few words to you. I'm like, all right, Let's pick up the phone and pay hey, Austin. This is uh, Ryan Berry. I was like, no, know you well. Um, uh, you know, Watertown boy. I remember watching him a lot when I was growing up. You know, and uh, that, he, that was probably the first first person I remember watching as a Jackrabbit. Um, was Ron Berry. Yeah, he obviously had an outstanding yeah. career. I had a lot of respect for him. And I, we talked for a couple of minutes. I don't remember what we said, but uh, kind of at the end of the end of the conversation, he's like, "Hey, man, all eyes are going to be on you in the huddle. So uh, b- believe it, even if you don't fake until you make it, my man." <laughs> Like, all right, <laughs> I can manage that. And the, uh, then game time came around. And, you know, that's kind of what – it's the whole process of recruiting and, and uh, playing football and training, everything coming to a, you know, to a head right there on uh, Saturday night in, in, uh, in Illinois State. And, and that, that, was, that was the start of, you know, my dreams, being a starting quarterback for the Division One college football team. And that, uh, you know, started – I remember the first half I, – I, told my dad after the game like i think there was 15 16 defenders on the field that first half <laughs> oh i mean and coach back always has those defenses locked in oh, and roll. so i'm like i'm like what a way for what a way for summer so to, to take the reins here and uh have to face a former big 10 defensive uh coordinator and big 10 champ yeah. I just um, everybody's but, moving fast oh they had some cats oh, now man but I remember coming out in the second half, and I think I hit Hubert over the middle on um, uh, was it follow? Why follow? Maybe was that one of our plays? Yeah. Yep, it was, and we ran it quite a bit. Yeah, um, and that kind of and then you settled down. down. Yeah, it was like okay, I remember how to do this now. <laughs> yes, sir. It was uh, 
you know, one of the, the turning points that I felt as far as guys really getting behind you, not only because we, we saw your talent in practice, we saw it in fall camp uh, for the upperclassmen and we saw it from, you know, from you consistently, but it's a different thing when you step in between the hashes and the lights are on and you're facing a Missouri Valley foe, right? Yeah. So there was one play, I think it was uh, – third and goal and uh you scrambled and you dove into the end zone and you scored a rushing touchdown and i believe at that point we were uh we were vying to either go go ahead or, or make it much tighter in what was already a low scoring game and that was really you know for me that just showed a tale of two teams uh, already during one season because you know in some previous games i think we we're running two minute and our previous quarterback had slid in kind of a, a goal to go situation and, you know, not to fault him or anything, but you just see the difference in mentality. And I think, you know, if we're, if we're painting a picture of a leader of a football team for these young recruits that are coming in and how to do it and how to put it together. One of the things I really admired about you is, is one, the respect that you have for the game, right? So you, you knew that you needed to appreciate the people that came before you and you needed to pay your dues. That was something that I could have learned a little bit more quickly in my career. But, you know, I, I think that, that it was great that you had the command of that or that understanding. And then what you did was I think you really developed an appreciation from what I watched of you and just kind of your personality where, where I would say you were, you were kind of running for mayor with everyone. Not in a disingenuous way, like you were you were being superficial, but like you legitimately, like we're trying to learn about every person you talk to, and I think that's so pivotal for a leader and someone that wants to excel in whatever they're doing, but specifically football, because football is an unforgiving game, and you have to genuinely care about the people that you're with. So I think it's really interesting too that you talk about your support system being the the guys that you went in with, because. I mean, the proof is in the pudding up, up until I think the 2016 or 2017 graduating class. Yours was the most prestigious in SDSU football history, which that's saying a lot, man. Yeah. You know, I, I think, uh, you know, like, like Stig said, you just got to continue to raise the bar. And I think, you, you know, looking back on our time there, um, our class did that. You know, a, a lot of them did stay around. There was definitely some, some turnover there. I can't remember how many guys didn't didn't end up making it the the full four years or even one year, but you know the guys that did. They, uh, I think, you know, as a as a class, you know, we bought into the to the system um, Stig had in place. Just tried to make the most of our time uh, with each other and and uh, most of our time in in the blue and yellow, man. Yeah, like you always hear it. Um, you know, first few months on campus, uh, the, the old guys talking talking to the freshmen be like. It goes fast, fellas. So, so soaking in and make the most of it. And, you know, it, it certainly does. It's it's crazy. It seems like it went by so fast, and it seems like it's been so long since uh, since Ben and Brookings on campus. You know, doing doing that thing. So, it was just I just tried to enjoy every moment with my teammates, um, my friends, and uh, and just make the most of my opportunities. Yeah, man, that's an excellent approach, and you know. Going fast is an understatement. It it seems like it's just an absolute blur, really. And, you know, it's kind of funny when you look back, um, all the publications, both out of Sioux Falls, the Argus Leader, and really, like, the national FCS publications are always like, well, can SDSU reload? They lost, 
this guy, that guy, the other guy. It's just hilarious how, you know, Stig and the entire program and really athletics as a whole continues to up the ante. And so when guys are like taking these accolades seriously, it's good to set those aims. But it's like, like really appreciate the moment because and just be the best version, the best iteration of yourself that you can be when you step onto the field in the blue and yellow. Because, I mean, everything's fleeting. Like the stats are going to go by the wayside, the wins and losses. Um, yeah, you want to play for championships. You want to continue to raise the bar. But, I mean, new guys, fresh fresh blood are coming in regularly, you know, and they're going to continue to recruit uh, at a high level. So just uh, make the most of your time there while you're there. Exactly. They'll never, they'll never want to come off the field because there's always somebody right behind you that's uh, looking for your spot. And the way that the, the, the program has continued to build, I mean, I don't see us slowing down anytime soon. Um, so the Jacks are just going to keep getting better and better as they have over the last you know, decade. Um, so it's, it's, it's an exciting time, without a doubt. No joke. And it's just it's it's hard to really even grasp how we've had like program changer after program changer, um, albeit we've had the elusive nat, Natty. Um, but I think there's some obvious reasons for that, um, that you don't have to go too deep to, to discover. But with that being said, man, what uh, what were some of your favorite battles on the field? And for incoming guys, what are some of the things that they can expect from maybe a rivalry game or a, uh, you know, you played USD, I think. You were a part of the resurgence, right? That, yeah. That renewed, renewed rivalry. Yeah, I think that, that came back my sophomore year. I don't remember exactly. 2012, yeah, I believe. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, yeah, that was – I just remember that being a ton of fun. Um, you know, there's there's so much hype around the football game. You know, the, the, the campus is buzzing all week. Uh, your teammates are fired up. I just remember having a lot of fun with those games and the, you know, with any game, I remember my hardest job with any game was staying focused for four hours or whatever it was, you know, of, of total time between, you know, pregame to end of game. That's just a lot of time. Especially when you got those stupid TV timeouts in there. Yeah. A lot of, <laughs> a dead, lot time. of dead time, man, just to stay completely focused. Um, I remember that being like the, the one of the, the, the most challenging things about, uh, playing on Saturdays, um, but especially in those rivalry games against you know uh, North Dakota State or USD, um, UNI, those were always really good battles. Um, yeah, and, and there's I don't think there's any secret what you got to do in those games. You got to bring your best, and and uh, your best is determined on how you've trained over the last you know spring ball, summer, winter conditioning. That's when when those games were won. Definitely. How, do you have a specific memory out of one of those games that just like that just is so fresh with you uh, is stuck with you? I think uh, <laughs> kind of a funny one, I guess. Uh, we're playing down at the Dakota Dome, and I think it was my I can't remember, it was junior senior year. I don't remember which one which which one that was, but you know we had this this play we drawn up all week, you know for a certain situation. It was kind of a shot play, and uh, we had Trevor Wesley on a wheel route. Which who would have been one on one with an outside linebacker and with his speed, I was pretty fired up about that matchup. And we got the look we wanted. I remember saying in the huddle, "I'm like, all right, fellas, you block this one up. This is going to be a big play." And uh, you know, we get the coverage. I'm licking my chop, snap the ball, uh, float one up to Wesley, and it gets picked off. <laughs> oh no! And all my, I mean, Andrew Mueller, Trevor Gregor, 
uh, Purcell after the game, like, oh, yeah, remember when you told us to block it up and you threw that interception? <laughs> <laughs> kind of felt like an idiot. but <laughs> Win some, lose some. Yeah, some, exactly. Some. Um, and I, I remember, uh, you know, North Dakota State or senior year in the uh, the playoffs. And, um, you know, that, that had been a freaking roller coaster every year for me with the injuries and whatnot. But I just remember being really at peace that game. And, uh, Going down late in the late again. It was our, you know, we I think we had four minutes left. And we put together a drive, got down the field. Um, we had a RPO called. I think it was like it was second and goal. I ended up handing it to the center, and the RPO was there. And I was like, shoot! I hope, uh, you know, you don't get too many chance, second chances with with the Bison. Um, and uh, you know, Coach E called the same play because he obviously saw that I missed it, and I knew I missed it. Um, and we we I stuck uh, Jake. I remember it just it was like slow motion um, backer bit threw it right over his head and hit Jake in the numbers and place went dead silent. And uh, remember that being a really good feeling. I think we went up four at that point. Um, thought we had it won, but Mister Mister Wentz put together a heck of a drive and threw a touchdown with four yeah forty seconds left. About it. Um, yeah, man that 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 was an epic epic game. I mean, that's probably you know it, even if I try to remove bias, that was probably one of the most epic FCS games I've ever seen. And the two teams, I mean, were extremely stout. I, yeah. you know, it, you know, if ifs and buts, I say a lot on, on here. If ifs and buts were candies and nuts, we'd all be fat and married. But <laughs> yeah. the, the reality is, I do believe those were the two best teams in FCS that year. And you, if if you guys take that game, I think you take a crown. So um, there was a chance. But yeah, but you, you left it all out there, and without you know, a doubt, not a lot of teams uh, have to face you know a first rounder, top two draft pick um, <laughs> in two minutes. So I mean, I mean, nothing to hang their heads out, uh, you know, about that. But uh, but I think we would have been uh, far worse off if, if you weren't man in the helm. So um, nothing for you to hang your head about there either. So. I got a question for you because I never I, – I don't really recall if I know where it came from or if it's even uh, able to be told across the airwaves here. But your nickname, tell us a little bit about Bum, where that comes from if you can. Bum. Jeez. Uh, <laughs> uh, I, I think it kind of started in high school. I don't even know if I can tell the full story. It's, it's <laughs> a couple of my – the older classmen – <laughs> they uh, they they gave it to me because I never had any money to buy food or <laughs> or other drinks or anything like that. So I would bum things from people, um, <laughs> and then yeah, I don't know. It just took off from there. I think Will brought it up from Brandon to uh, South Dakota State, and kind of nice. Well, it was fitting, man. <laughs> I, I thought it all tied in with Weary Will. You know, and the bum mobile and all that stuff. Uh, so, I think once we got um, to Brookings, people kind of tied it in. But yeah, the origination was Will buying me McDonald's and Burger King. <laughs> hey, man, that's the college life. So young kids, you know, all the all the recruits that may listen to this, you know, that's uh, you got to look out for your, your guys, but don't let them forget it. You know, that's give them, true. Give them clever. Give them clever nicknames. Yeah, just know you're going to be poor. Well, I guess they're all getting paid now, aren't they? All the athletes are getting paid. Oh, don't remind me. They got as soon as they got free meals. I think I shed it here. Uh, I shouldn't say free. Someone's paying for it somewhere. We but, made Hive uh, Chinese last week, dude. Hive Chinese <laughs> money, money right there. I found out about Hive's uh, 
all you can eat bar a little too late because then I just started dominating it my senior year. <laughs> but yeah, go check it out, young buck. That's right. But yeah, man. So, all right. Well, you've shared a lot with us. Um, is there is there any one story you have about your relationship with the coaches that you know made your experience more memorable, or something that you would tell? some bit of advice you would give young incoming guys as to, you know, their experience in blue and yellow. One thing that just kind of stands out to me is, you know, this, this school and uh, these coaching, the, the coaching staff and coaches in general, you know, invest a lot. The athletes, they invested a lot into me. So I felt like I owed it to them. I owed it to my teammates. I owed it to, in South Dakota State, oh, to the state of South Dakota that supported me a lot through, throughout high school to, to give it my best. For, uh, you know, I, I really took advantage of the opportunity because it it's an incredible opportunity to be able to, you know, um, be a part of, you know, a program like like the Jackrabbits got going on. You know, it, it, sure you might get you might get uh, your school paid for, you might not, but the uh, the experience in itself is priceless. You know, the uh, the lessons you learn. You know, the adversity you learn to handle, you fight through, that stuff is, is what pays dividends and uh, the rest of your life. And, you know, I'm better off now because of my experience at South Dakota State. And I'm just very thankful for, uh, you know, Coach Stig giving me the opportunity to be a Jackrabbit and all the Jackrabbit fans for supporting us and teammates and, and uh, faculty around campus supporting us. Just uh, it's, a, it's, a, it's a special experience. And, um, something you shouldn't take for, for granted. Well put, man. Couldn't have said it any better. And, you know, I want to share one thing. One of my favorite memories uh, of playing with you uh, when you were an underclassman, during throughout fall camp, you know, we had a lot of young blood come, being intermixed with, with guys that had been there um, at, at various positions, right, which is, is how it'll be some years. And you just expect – uh, the greenhorns to kind of rise up and uh, play to expectations, right? And just act like the moment isn't too big for them. Well, we have some guys who constantly talk in the huddle, and that used to irritate me to high heaven. So I would get onto them and be like, oh, only the quarterback talks in the huddle. And I remember one game, I believe it, I can't remember if it was you and I or something like that. And I was trying to help out one of the one of the uh, offensive linemen with a blitz protection of, of how they were supposed to, where they were supposed to slide or, or, you know, who I was, who was my one to two check or whatever the case may yeah. be. And I was running my mouth and uh, albeit, you know, for, for an appropriate reason, but you grab me and you go, only the t- quarterback talks in the huddle. <laughs> and that earned my respect, man, because um, it showed that you weren't afraid to take command when you needed to. And so what I would say to young kids too this is the formula that Austin laid out. He respected the moment. He respected earning his dues, and he checked that box. He showed up and he prepared like he was always trying to earn his job every day, even when he had already proven himself. And I think that's what allows you to really ingratiate yourself with your teammates and earn that respect, man. So I really appreciate you being yourself and doing that. Um, and also kind of laying out the formula for a lot of these other younger kids. Cause that's, that's what kind of the goal of this podcast is, at least for me, is to kind of just share some of these stories for, for the younger kids and the younger generations coming up so that, so that the path can be a little easier for them. Cause it's not always clear. It's not always straight and it's not always black and white. So I appreciate that about you, dude. And, uh, 
and yeah, that was uh, that was a really memorable moment. <laughs> well, for me. I'm glad you didn't you know, punch me right in the throat or anything like that. <laughs> Could have gone either way. No, no, you're wearing blue and yellow, so. <laughs> Uh, well, you know, I, I was fortunate enough to have a lot of uh, upperclassmen like yourself. Jimmy Rogers comes to mind. You know, that list goes on and on there. But that kind of um, steered me in the in the right direction. So I, I certainly can't take uh, full credit for, for any of that stuff. It's it's, uh, it's been passed down, and, and hopefully I did my part in, in uh, passing it down to the players after me as well. Yes, sir, absolutely. Well, talk to us a little bit about, you know, where are you at these days? What are you doing? How can people follow you? Are you on Twitter? I am on Twitter. Uh, I don't really tweet much anymore. Basically, I think the only things I tweet about are, are uh, Jack Rabbit football and, and golf now. But uh, I think Austin Sumner 6 is my handle. Um, nice. But I'm in, I'm in Fort Collins, Colorado, selling um, medical device for um, Arthrex, which is an orthopedic device company. You hear that well? He's not a bummer. That's right, man. Well, <laughs> uh, but I got married, married to Bailey. I'll, I'll kick my coverage for sure. We've got two little mutts running around the house. Yeah, life's pretty good. That's great, man. That's great. You got any plans for uh, for a little quarterback or a little cheerleader? Oh, <laughs> uh, I'm sure it'll happen someday. Uh, I hope it does anyway at some at some point. Um, no rush, I guess. But we'll, now we'll see what happens. Awesome, man. Cool. Well, we're pulling for you, uh, whatever decisions y'all make, and, and wish the best for you. And if uh, anybody wants to reach out to him, um, I know he'll always uh, lend a hand in any way he can. Um, appreciate you coming on, man, and sharing a little bit of insight as to your journey with the Jacks. And uh, so with that, go big, go, go Jack, blue, brother. go Jacks. This has been the Splitting Hairs Podcast. Remember to like and subscribe as well as follow Jackrabbit Illustrated on Facebook and Twitter. And then Stig, man. Stig's just such a special dude. Uh, you know, he's a guy, you, you know what he's saying is the truth um, from the moment you meet him. He's just so genuine. And it, it, it was just easy to trust those guys. Yeah, and, and there's, I don't think there's any secret what you got to do in those games. You got to bring your best. And, 